Welcome to another episode of Making Disciples. My name is Chris and I am your host today. I am so pleased uh, with the Yorkshire word, they will be chuffed. I'm so chuffed uh, that you guys have decided to give me some of your time today to explore your discipleship and your growth in Jesus and all that Jesus is doing in the world. I'm so pleased that you have given me that time. Thank you for the honour. And the plan of action really is that I want to look at three uh, parables or teachings of Jesus over the next couple of weeks be uh, interbroken, be broken up uh, with an uh, interview uh, or two. Uh, but I'm going to do part one this week, then we have a part two, then part three. And each one I'm going to look at a different image, metaphor, or teaching parable that Jesus gives that will help us recover our lives. Uh, and we're going to be using some building analogies, building metaphors. Why is that, Chris? Why, why are we using? So what is really interesting, friends, if, if I said to you is where was Jesus born? You'd, you'd say Bethlehem grew up in Nazareth, uh, spent a bit of time in Egypt. Yeah, we've got that in the Gospels. And then we'd say, well, what did Jesus do? And you say, well, before he was a rabbi, he was a carpenter. Uh, well, why do you think he's a carpenter? Well, we're told that's what he did, didn't he? Doesn't the Bible say that? Does it say that Jesus was a carpenter? Actually, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus was a carpenter. It says Jesus was a tecton like his father. Now, the word tecton is really interesting because uh, it is it is essentially a builder, a maker. Um, in the Middle East, they don't translate it as carpenter. They translate it as uh, as a builder or a, uh, like a bricksmith, somebody who makes things out of brick. Um, sometimes it can be translated as, as somebody who uh, does stone carvings or carving out of stone. It certainly means a builder, uh, worked with his hands to build stuff. Now, when that word was translated in England, uh, we built things at that point, the King James Bible, when it was being translated, we built things out of wood. Therefore, it was a wood builder. Uh, but actually in the Middle East, you walk around, you don't see many wooden buildings, you see brick. So uh, we've translated it in a way that would help us, but actually by doing so, we've got a misunderstanding about what Jesus did. Jesus was a tecton. Uh, in other words, he was a builder. He built with his hands. Did he make things out of wood? Could have done. Like That could be a part of the the whole role, you know, made a table or something, as he does in the Passion of the Christ film, um, was actually a builder. And that really influences the teachings of Jesus. So we're going to look at three sayings or teachings or, yeah, around this idea of building, building metaphors that are used by Jesus. So week one, number one here, we're going to talk about the two builders, the wise and the foolish builders. So here we go. Let's jump straight in. Okay, here we go. So Matthew 7, 24 to 27 is a little story that Jesus tells, which has been somewhat hijacked by Sunday school teachers. But it's not. It's an, it's an incredible story about two men who are building their lives are building their homes therefore anybody who hears the words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain came down the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock 
But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it fell with a great crash. That's what Jesus said. It's the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and it's are you going to put the Sermon on the Mount into practice? Is the Sermon on the Mount going to become the rock teachings of Jesus that you're going to base your life on? Friends, I just want to kind of say it like this. It's not until the storm comes that we realize what we have been building all along. Okay, it's not until the storm comes do we realize what we have been building on all along. It's not until challenging times come that we start to realize how strong a foundation our faith uh, in Jesus is and have we been implementing his teaching. It's not until the storm comes that we really realize what we are stood on. It's when a war comes along. It's when cancer comes along. It's when a loved one dies at a young age. It's when we lose our job or our marriage falls apart. It's when a child leaves home in an argument and doesn't return. When a family member commits suicide. When a pandemic hits. It's not until those difficult things come along that we start to realize what we've really been building our lives on. That's certainly been my experience. Things when the weather is good and it's going fine, when when life is kind of plodding along, then I don't need to really understand how deep and solid my foundations are. But the moment trauma hits, we then have to take stock. What have I actually built my life on? The phrase that the government, UK government, are using right now, and I believe it's been stolen by the US as well. Boris keeps saying uh, that we're to build back better. Now, let's be honest. If I was to say to you, who thinks that's a good idea, that we need to build back our lives better, we'd all raise our hands and say, yeah, of course we do. We need to build back the health system better than it was. We need to build back our uh, schooling better than it was. We need to build back our financial structures better than it was. When I say better, you mean more ethical. Uh, We need to build back better so we're impacting the environment better. We have to build back better. But the problem is, friends, is this. How can you build back better if the foundations are the same? The UK government cannot build back better unless it changes the foundations of which the government bases its philosophy on. Unless we change the foundations of society to love, love, mercy, justice, compassion, unless we look out for the widow and the orphan, unless we care uh, for the planet and the cosmos, unless we challenge discrimination in all forms, Unless we change the foundations of our philosophies, we cannot build back better. I think it's an interesting phrase, build back better. Yes, but we have to build back better, changing the foundations, stronger foundations. I want to unpack the story of the two builders for a moment. Because when Jesus tells that story, he doesn't do it in a silo. He doesn't do it absent from a surrounding prevailing culture or story or narrative something 
is understood by that story in a particular way because of the particular environment and things that have happened in history. And Jesus tells a story of two builders. He tells one of a builder that builds on the sand, another that builds on the rock. And there's a couple of things that I just find really interesting. So if you're living out in the wilderness, you're out in the desert, it's baking hot in the heat, you need a cool place to put your shelter. And what people would do is they would build a little shelter, their home, in a wadi. A wadi was a ravine. It would uh, be a ravine where there was a crack between two sections of rock, you know, a little mini valley uh, with the sides pretty straight up. And they would build their little home in that wadi because in the summer uh, it was cool in the day and uh, there'd be, uh, because it was in the shade, there was dew on the ground, because of dew on the ground, uh, little plants could grow. And in these wadis, you would have life and you would have um, just that cool breeze uh, on a very hot summer day. You would not build way out in the open, you build in a wadi. The problem was, in certain times of year and in certain seasons, if it rained north of the wilderness, you could suddenly have a flash flood in the wadi. And water would come down from the mountains, coming down through these wadis, these valleys, and suddenly the house that you had built would be flattened and the water would just rush down and it'd be rushing down towards the Dead Sea. That's where everything was aiming towards the lowest part of the earth, the Dead Sea. So people would build in the wadi and the foundation of the wadi would be sand. Up on the sides of the wadi would be rock. Now remember David, where David goes hiding uh, in the desert and the wilderness and he hides from uh, the king that's out to kill him and he hides in a rock face, crawls up into this rock face and he's safe up there. In fact, the psalmist writers talk about God as our fortress and our rock, this safe space up in the rock. Now, wise builders would build not on the base of the wadi, but they'd build upon the sides of the wadi because that is where it was safer. When the rains came, you would not get hit. The flooding would not hit your property because you'd built it up on the rock sides uh, of the wadi. So it's into this kind of image that Jesus is speaking. If you want an image, go Google St. George Monastery in Israel. Here is a monastery that's been built on the side of the rock face. It's beautiful. You could also Google Wadi Rum Desert Bedouin Camp and you'll see pictures of Bedouin camping out in the desert in the Wadi Rum, a particular wadi called Rum. I'll tell you another little bit that's just quite interesting. If you're a wealthy businessman and you want to do some investment into holiday homes, you might have decided that around the Dead Sea was a great place for a holiday home. So you decide to go and build your Butlins holiday camp around the Dead Sea. Dead Sea is beautiful for swimming in or floating in. It's very salty. Uh, the, which means the mud is very good for your skin. Uh, there's lots of spas around, recently now, around the Dead Sea. So you might think, wow, great place. Let's build a little holiday camp that people can come from Jerusalem. Wealthy businessmen can bring their wives from Jerusalem down to the Dead Sea and they can have a great time down at the Dead Sea. Brilliant. What a great business plan. The problem was these builders 
built around the Dead Sea. And then there was a flood and the water came uh, down from the mountains, through the wadis, uh, down to the Dead Sea. And as that happens, they thought to themselves, it's not a problem because we've built on the rocks. But actually what they found was when the water came, the rock wasn't rock. It was clay. And the next thing we knew, the holiday camp is washed into the sea. One of the reasons we know about this now is because the Dead Sea is shrinking. And there are remains of these properties that were washed into the Dead Sea. Because the Dead Sea is shrinking, we now see um, you know, where they've kind of got washed into. They built uh, in the dry, hot months when it was nice. They dug down to what they thought was solid ground. But when the winter came and the rain fell, the solid rock turned out to be clay. Under the sand, the houses then collapsed. Wowzers! Jesus speaking into a reality context. Love it. Jesus is building a picture for the hearers. You know, like those fools who build in the wadis and when the rain comes, the house is gone. Don't be like that guy. Don't be like that guy. You remember those guys that were building the holiday camp outside uh, the Dead Sea? They thought they'd done the hard work at building on rocks, but actually they'd built on nothing but clay. Don't be like that guy. Jesus says, make sure you're building your house on Jesus, on him and his teaching. Now, Jesus also, as he tells his story, anyone that had been there that had read the book of Isaiah they didn't remember this verse. This is Isaiah 28, 16 to 18. This is what the sovereign Lord says. This is what Yahweh says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a future a foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. I will make justice the measuring line and the righteousness the plumb line. Hail will sweep away your refuge and lie, and water will overflow your hiding place. Your covenant with death will be annulled. Your agreement with the realm of the dead will not stand. When the overwhelming scourge sweeps by, you will be beaten down by it. So he's telling, Isaiah's telling a little story here about different people who are building on different things. Those that rely on the cornerstone, justice will be the measuring line and righteousness the plumb line. There'll be those of you that are building on this cornerstone, the teachings of Jesus, the life of Jesus. Paul talks about Christ being the cornerstone. Those of you will be safe. Your covenant with death will be annulled. Um, Jesus is kind of nodding here to not only what his teaching is, but who he is. Jesus is making this statement about anybody puts my teachings into practice, it's like a man who builds on the rock. There's a little bit of a nudge, nudge, wink, wink here to who Jesus is. Like, I'm the guy in Isaiah 28 that that Yahweh says, see, I lay a stone in Zion, a tester stone, a precious stone for a sure foundation. Um, Jesus is kind of making a statement in this story about who he is in Isaiah 28, but there you go. So I'll just kind of press on uh, for a few moments longer. Does the storm that comes, that sweeps the house away, 
does the storm mean God is not good? Surely, God, does it matter what I'm building my life on? Because you should protect me. You're God. That's what you do, isn't it? Pandemics will come, but you will protect us. It's an interesting one, isn't it? The storm hits both houses. Both houses are hit by the storm, the one on the rock and one on the sand. Faith in Jesus does not uh, provide a magical protection from the storm of life. Faith in Jesus does not mean the storm will not come. Rather, the parable promises that the house on the foundation that is on Jesus will stand the storms. In other words, the fact that a storm comes doesn't mean that God isn't good. It does not mean that at all because life is complex. Uh, there are many kinds of storm. Life is never going to be completely easy or serene. But what is promised is those that are based on Jesus Christ and Jesus really is our cornerstone and foundation stone. Those of us that that's true for will withstand it. It'll hit us. It'll beat us. There may be a few drips and leaks, but you will withstand the storm. That That's what this image is saying to us. For some of us, we build our lives on the foundation of secularism and consumerism. And what we've done is we've taken Jesus and Jesus has become the dressing of our homes. So we've based our lives, we've built our lives on a system of understanding the world that is based on a Western system of secularism and consumerism. We've built our lives on that. I need money to have a secure life. We've built our life on the idea I need to have a job, to have a secure life, I need to have a home, to have a secure uh, life. We believe that we've got to have a life partner, uh, someone that we do life with to make us secure. Um, we have this idea Then what we've done is we've made Jesus the chintz curtains in our home. We made the home look nice because of Jesus. Our morals are good morals because they're based on Jesus. But those things have not transformed the foundations of our lives. It's just been. So this is the challenge for you and I. Has Jesus become the foundation or has he become the nice pretty wallpaper? Has Jesus become the foundation or has he become a pretty garden for your life that looks nice, looks moral, looks good? But actually the foundations on Jesus are just not there. They're actually based on secularism and consumerism. So I just want you to reflect on that for a moment. Are we consumerists with a Jesus label? Are we consumerists with a Jesus label? I was talking to an Iranian pastor just before Easter, and this Iranian pastor said the pandemic only revealed that the church in the West is made, is made up of fair-weather Christians. Oh, I didn't like that. I did not like that. The pandemic only revealed that the church in the West was made up of fair weather Christians. I didn't like it. But it had to make me think for a moment. When the pandemic hit, all that time ago now, and life suddenly changed for us, did that pandemic prove to us we're nothing more than fair weather Christians? To be fair, if you're listening to this podcast, it is very, very likely that you are somebody that has fared the storm 
Well, why would you be listening to this podcast if you hadn't? If you'd lost your faith, it's less likely that you'd be listening to this podcast. If you completely disconnected from your faith, it's not likely that you'd be listening to this podcast. So it's probable that you've ridden the storm quite well because you've been holding on to things like church and this podcast uh, to kind of get through. So that that's the win, isn't it? That's the win. And it probably means that you've you've crushed it this year. If you've got to this point, you're still living your faith for Jesus. You still, uh, you've weathered that storm. You feel a bit battered. There's a bit of rubble around. But in reality, you're still here. You're, you're crushing it right now. Lots of people have not ridden that storm. Lots of people have lost faith or lost hope. So you're crushing it right now. The pandemic only revealed that the church in the West was made up of fair-weather Christians. There's something that the pandemic has done is that it's revealed those that are really held on to Jesus as their faith. So we need a radical recommitment to the way of Jesus. If you want to base your life on Jesus, building on the rock, building up on the sides of the wadi, not on the foundation on the foundation of the sand, then we need a radical recommitment to the way of Jesus Christ. Our foundations need three things. There's three legs of the chair of faith. Imagine a chair with three legs. If you want that chair to stand, there's three things. One, our life needs to be based on the foundation of our life, needs to be based on the grace of of Jesus. The grace of Jesus is the salvation that we get through Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. We need to base our life on the foundation that is Jesus. Two, we need to base our life on the foundation that is the teachings of Jesus, uh, the formation, the truth, his word. Uh, so we base our life on the grace of God. We base our life on the teachings of God. And then thirdly, we base our life on the presence of God, the the, the promise of the Holy Spirit uh, that Jesus made. These three things are what have got me through this last year, but also through other traumatic seasons in my life. The grace of God through salvation, I'm saved by grace, by Jesus. Two, the teachings of Jesus have brought formation in my life and taught me truth. And three, the presence of God, the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I would say this, this last year, my teachings from Jesus hasn't necessarily grown or, or deepened. Reading my Bible, studying scripture, I've not learned anything radically new. Uh, my understanding of my salvation hasn't changed in the last year. But what really has got me through this year is the Holy Spirit. The presence of God strengthening me has given me that foundation, that firm foundation uh, based on God and his presence. So let's end with this for a moment. Build your life on the grace of God, the teachings of God and the presence of God. But many of us are surrounded right now by rubble. There are friendships that we have lost. Some of us ended up finishing jobs during the pandemic and we never got to say goodbye to a work colleague or a group of friends. Some of us never got to say goodbye to a loved one that, that passed away. Uh, some of us marriages fell apart during uh, the last year. There's so much going on that you may feel like you're surrounded by rubble right now. And what do we say into that place of rubble? I'd say this, let us turn to the master 
builder, the God who wastes nothing. Let's turn to the master builder. Jesus is the tecton, the builder, the master builder, the one who built and um, spoke all things into existence. If you feel right now that your foundations are a bit rotten, uh, they're not as strong as you thought they were, let's turn to the master builder. Let's turn to the teachings of Jesus, the salvation of Jesus, and the promise of the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's turn to the master builder. So with that, I want to just lead us in a little prayer as we respond and as we recognize that it's Jesus that we need to base our life on. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the grace of Jesus found through salvation on the cross. God, we thank you for the teachings of Jesus that form us and shape us and teach us truth. And God, we thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit, your presence. Lord, we want to pray. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, where we feel like we're surrounded with by rubble, we turn to you, the master builder, and we ask you to renew us, reshape us, and reform us, and give us those foundations again that are solid and firm that we can build back better on. We pray that in the powerful name of Jesus. All the saints said, Amen. Friends, I pray and hope you found that helpful or interesting. If there's anybody you think this would be good for them to hear, I'd love to encourage you to share this podcast with them. Tell people about it. Look, nobody's going to find this random podcast hidden out there on the internet unless you point them to it. People don't stumble across podcasts. They get told about them. So I'd love you to share this with somebody. Uh, and until next time, have a great week. Grace and peace. Peace.